It sure is, and welcome to Sunday afternoon, three minutes after uh, 1 o'clock here, ready to go. We are live and ready to take all of your questions. John Scholes here hosting, and of course, Lior Samfiru from employmentlawyer.ca is here as well. I always reach out to Lior when we're not doing this radio show. It's really simple. I always uh, ask you to do that, and in fact, suggest you do it with any concerns, one 855 821 you have the option of email that is uh, help at uh, employmentlawyer.ca. And don't forget about pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's a beauty. We make reference to that all the time on this show and our TV show, which, by the way, Sundays, uh, 1 o'clock is why you get that early. So Wednesdays, pardon me, at 930 uh, on CP24. Lior and I doing our thing on the uh, on the small screen. But as always, you're encouraged to reach out this afternoon and talk to us live. We have lots of open lines, great people on the board ready to take care of you. So Let's get that happening. 416-872-1010. 416-872-1010 to call in with all of your questions. You have the option to text as well. We'll flip back and forth between those. That is simply 71010. And the main topic is, you know, Lior gets questions all the time about, you know, is my employer doing this legal or is it not legal? So we're going to answer a bunch of those in just a bit. But we always start off with the week that was something you've been working on, Lior. What's going up, pal? Hey, Johnny, great to be here, of course. Employment law, this is what we want to talk about because this is such an important and relevant topic. As long as you have a job, are looking for work, even had a job, well, you need to know about your employment law rights. We have extensive rights in this province, uh, frankly, across the country. And too many people, most people, I would say, in fact, don't appreciate the extent to which the law protects them. No need to wander anymore. No need to uh, suffer alone if you're dealing with a workplace issue. We can start by speaking right now on the show, having you ask the question, and let me tell you what the law does for you. Maybe it's a situation where you're off work and your employer is not treating you properly. Maybe you lost your job. Your job is changing. Maybe you're being harassed or bullied in the workplace. I think you get the idea. If any of these things or anything else really applies to you, let's chat about it. Let's talk. Let's resolve those workplace problems. And let's make sure that when you go back to work tomorrow, uh, you feel better about those rights. Uh, and of course, if you want to reach me in the office, no problem. Easy contact information coming up throughout the show. But let me uh, talk about something that I think is very important. I've been asked a lot about it over the past uh, couple of weeks. And that is a situation where, you know, people want to know, can you be disciplined? Can you be let go because of what you post online on social media? And in the context of, you know, recent events, specifically as relates to the conflict in Israel. Right. Uh, I've been asked that quite often and, you know, I've done a bunch of interviews. So I think it's worthwhile talking about this. So I'm going to approach this from a legal standpoint, not from a personal one, uh, but I think it's important to understand. So let's start off with the idea that from a freedom of expression standpoint, there really is no such thing as freedom of expression when it comes to a private workplace. Freedom of speech, freedom of expression only applies to government action. So the government cannot stop you in most cases from expressing your views, but that does not apply to your employer. An employer can limit what you say and, and, and can uh, take actions against you uh, in some situations. So what does that mean? That means that with severance, you can be let go pretty much at any time and for any reason. You've heard me say this before on the show. So that means that if you post something online and your employer doesn't like it, doesn't agree with it, they, as long as they pay you severance, regardless of what you posted and how reasonable it may have been, you can be let go. Severance has to be paid. You can be let go. And, and, and it's as simple as that. Now, where it gets more interesting 
is can your employer let you go without severance because of things you've posted online? Well, the answer to that is they might if what you posted online can hurt your employer. As an employee, you have an obligation not to do anything that hurts your employer. So if you post something that's going to cause problems for the employer with its customers or clients, that may be something that you're, you can be disciplined for. If you post something that could be seen as hateful or inciting hate or violence, that's going to hurt your employer. It's going to make it impossible maybe or difficult for the employer to have other employees because they may not be afraid of you. So in those situations, yeah, you absolutely can be disciplined. So if you're posting uh, you know, anything that that's, uh, supports violence, as an example, that's going to be a problem and you can't potentially be let go for cause. Beyond that, your employer may say, I support this particular side, you support the other one, so I'm going to let you go. As long as they pay you proper severance, you're going to, uh, you're going to be fine from a legal standpoint. So this begs the, the point here that I want to make is that ultimately, you have to decide, especially with a, a topic that's divisive as what's going on right now in Israel, is, is your job worth it? Or losing your job, is it worth it? Uh, you know, consider, you know, whether your views or your desire to express them, is that going to get you into trouble? Is that going to mean you lose your job, even if it is with severance? Uh, and if it's not, maybe it's a time when you say, you know what, I'm going to keep my views to myself. That's obviously a personal decision. Mm -hmm. But remember, you can be let go because of what you post online. It's one of those things where we, you know, we've talked about this uh, in the past, maybe not to do with such a, a, a massive hot topic, as you mentioned, Lior, but it's just like, sometimes it's like, you want to pull something online, like you said, your views, just maybe take, type it, take a step back, go have a cup of coffee for half an hour, come back and read it. And usually nine times out of 10, you're like, whoa, okay, let's just delete that. I shouldn't be pulsing that to be safe, right? You're often smarter to do that, no? You know, I think that's good, wise advice for most things in life, frankly. Yeah. Uh, but certainly when it comes to, to your workplace rights, very good advice. You know, people may think, well, it's my social media, not the work one. Uh, I'm doing this at, on the weekend on my time, not while I'm supposed to be working. So what business of my employer is that? Well, it may well be the employer's business if it could impact them, if it can negatively harm them. So you have to be mindful. Think about those things and ask yourself, ultimately, is it worth it? Again, guys, uh, 416-872-1010, 416-872-1010. You want to uh, join the show? We'd love to have you on. Josie, thanks for standing by for a couple of moments. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. How are Excellent. you? Excellent. Great. What's uh, what's uh, what's on your mind? What's your question? My question is, um, I recently got uh, laid off by the, um, the bank, and um, I worked there for like 27 years. Wow. And, yeah, just... Um, one day they call me and in a meeting and said, today's your last day. So, so um, I've seen that a lot, by the way. Uh, certainly over the last few weeks, a lot of individuals let go from, from banks, some of the major banks. So ultimately, this comes down to compensation and severance. I can tell you that after 27 years, you're going to be owed somewhere right around the maximum, if not the actual maximum which is 24 months of your compensation. That's salary, that's benefits. If you had bonuses or options, all those have to be included over a 24-month period. What did they offer you in your situation? In my situation, they offer me 86 weeks. Okay. So that's so, not less than... Yes, because 24 months would be about 104 weeks. 
So we're somewhere, you know, gosh, math, uh, we're <laughs> probably around four months, roughly shy of where we need to be. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that needs to be improved. Four months severance is a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. So certainly what you're describing is not the worst severance package that I've seen. But mm-hmm. anytime your severance is four months less than where it needs to be, I'm also not going to be able to tell you that it's good. So mm-hmm. in your case, what I would recommend Give me a call off air. My, my okay. team and I can discuss this with you and then help you get that extra severance. The good news is it's not complicated in these types of situations to get you the severance that you're owed. So okay. happy to chat with you and make sure that you get what you're owed. Um, just because um, I did talk to some uh, lawyer and this, they couldn't tell me how long it's going to take for, for them to actually negotiate back with the company to get the fair severance package. So do you know like how long it would take, like uh, roughly? Well, uh, the the average lifespan is anywhere from three weeks to three months. That's on mm-hmm. average. That's the range. There are cases that can resolve in a week and a half, and there's those that are going to take more months than that. But okay. three weeks to three months is kind of the average, and I, I don't see in your case with a fairly straightforward matter why mm-hmm. it should be longer than that. Okay. And, okay. and um, the other question I also got is, um, like, um, if I do go with uh, you to negotiate uh, my severance package, like, uh, do you know the cost of the, the, oh, I see. Yeah. the fees? Well, in most cases, we simply would charge a percentage of the extra compensation we're able to get, but there's also option to pay by the hour. So best that we discuss this specifically for you when you give us a call. So give us a call at the office, happy to chat with you, and let's make sure that you get that extra four months of severance. Thanks, Josie. I want to move on to Louise. Hey, Louise, how are you? Thank you for taking the time. Good afternoon. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Absolutely. What's your question? Okay, great. Lior, a couple of uh, comments earlier talking about if uh, an individual says something negative or, you know, on social media about the company, the company has a right to let them go, et cetera. My question is, same kind of context, except we let somebody go, not for that reason, but we are in negotiating a severance. We've received a demand letter, and this individual has been saying negative things about our company during these negotiations. So that doesn't impact severance because he's not right. your employee anymore. So, so that right. has nothing to do with the severance that you own. But right. if you posted things that are false, that are negative, you may be able to take legal action for defamation. Uh, okay, so this you, you owe him. Been show, showing yeah. up in other offices and has been texting employees. So yeah, you absolutely could, could take legal okay. action against this person. But okay. that does not impact the amount of severance that you owe this Correct. person. That amount of severance was essentially crystallized once you let this person go. Correct. So you may owe him amount of severance. He may owe you more money if you're successful uh, to pursue a defamation case. But those yeah. should be looked at as, as separate things. Okay. Perfect. Thank you very much. That's great. Thanks, Luis. I appreciate you taking the time to call in this afternoon. Let's take one short break here. We'll get to our main topic of things you may not know if it's legal that your uh, your boss is doing. We'll get to that. But again, your phone calls are always top priority. Keep those coming. 416-872-1010. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we'll continue with the Employment Law Show. Stand by. And welcome back to it. We're uh, here to continue uh, the chat. 
with you guys. Want to give us a call? Please do that. It's always a way to uh, get through first. You also have the text option, but the phone number, 416-872-1010. 416-872-1010. That text number, 71010 as well. We'll get to our topic of things your employer might not legally be able to do, but uh, as I always mention, our phone callers, our listeners, always top priority. You are Peter. Thanks for hanging in, pal. How are you today? Very well. Thank you. Um, Good, sir. I have uh, a restaurant and, and uh, uh, several employees, and the Employee handbook clearly says that texting is not a, um, a viable means of communicating your absence. Um, and I have an employee who, um, every time he was off, he would send a text through. Finally, um, he sent a text through saying that he was going to be off for a week. And at that point, since it's not a viable means of communication, I decided he's abandoned his job and uh, terminated him. Do I owe him severance? So, uh, in in the past, you said he's made a, made it a point to always send text messages, despite the fact you have a policy against it. Was he provided right. any written warnings in that respect, or or was it just something that kind of you know you, you you weren't happy about it, but you moved on? He was told several times that it was not a, um, the the means um, an acceptable means of conveying his absence. Um, it was done verbally and uh, um, he just continued to do it. So because he really wasn't disciplined for it uh, and because you, you are aware that, that he's offered medical reasons, first of all, did he provide a doctor's note? No. Okay. So no, I, I would not was, consider I, I'm not feeling well. I understand. And, and not feeling well and he can't be there for a week. Okay, so I would not consider him to have abandoned because of the text message. Uh, th that, that's not because you're, you're aware that there's potentially a, an issue. You became aware of it. So, so no, unfortunately, that's not a good way to go about it. What you need to do here is to say, I'm going to consider you to be on an unapproved absence unless you provide me with the doctor's note saying that you need it. And if, it, if he doesn't provide, and, and you only give him a bit of time because you can't necessarily speak to your doctor the same day, but it, it ultimately, if you don't get a doctor's note, uh, that may be very different than he may be in an uh, unauthorized absence. And yeah, maybe at that point, we can consider a termination without severance. But now that you're aware that potentially there's a medical issue, the key here is to get the employee to provide that note. Uh, if he provides that note, even though I know you're not happy with how uh, it was communicated to you, to consider that to be uh, an abandonment, you're potentially going to be in the wrongful dismissal as well as potentially in the human rights violation realm, which you don't want. So get that doctor's okay. note. And depending on that, you may be in a position to to consider him to be on a unauthorized leave. Okay. All right. I'll, uh, I'll tend to that. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate the call and uh, Smarty to reach out to make uh, before you make that move. And that that's a good example there, Leo. Of a lot of a lot of employers, unlike Peter, wouldn't do the due diligence and stop by and make a phone call and say, "Leo, can I do this?" They might just go ahead and pull the trigger, and then, as you said, could be in constructive dismissal, human rights territory, which could be costly, right? Absolutely costly. If if he turned around and said, "Well, you know, I'm going to ignore this because I told him not to send me a text message," so I'm going to consider him to have abandoned. I'm going to give him a record of employment. No. Uh, that would be a wrongful dismissal. He would owe, owe severance. And depending on the medical condition, that could also be a, a human rights violation. So not a good option to do that. Uh, now, 
I, I, what I would tell an employee in writing in this situation that the only way to communicate an absence is by phone call or by email, whatever it is. And, and that if you do it again, then, you know, we're going to consider that a form of discipline and, and then potentially over time, you can build a case that way, but to, to simply go from no discipline to now considering your job is abandoned, it, it is going too far. Uh, and it would always end up being a wrongful dismiss on that situation. Again, lots of time for you to catch up on uh, your questions here live on air, 416-872-1010. But yeah, the topic for today is a good one. We cover this once in a while because they keep coming in, Lior. You, you know, you often get a lot of people calling you saying, Lior, uh, my employer's doing this or that. Is it legal or not? You get that all the time, yeah? Most of the time when I get questions, I get lots and lots of emails every single day. They start with, well, is this legal? Is what my employer doing legal? So we wanted to pick a few of those things and, and uh, answer them. And keep in mind, oftentimes the real question someone sh should be asking is not, is this legal? It's really, what can I do about it, right? Because mm -hmm. those are separate things. So we're going to try to adjust both of those things. Yeah, first one's this, Lior, can my employer change my job as long as my pay is not reduced? So duties, whatever, but my pay stays the same. So the answer is generally, generally no, but it really does depend on what it is, the change that they've implemented. So if, if you used to work on machine A and now they're going to put you next, next door on machine B, well, generally speaking, that's something that they can do. But if they, if it's a demotion, if it's a, sign, a significantly different position that requires a lot more effort or different time commitment, that could be a constructive dismissal, even if the pay stays the same. So generally speaking, it's the things we would look at under the pay is the, the prestige of the job, the hours of the job, the, the physical effort required in the job, and if it's very different, constructive dismissal. An employer can't necessarily make those changes. But the fact that an employer can't make those changes, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can stop them. So that's why, is it allowed? It's not the right question. The right question is, what can I do about it? And what you can do about it here is to consider that a constructive dismissal. That means if you don't accept this change, you can leave and still look at it as a termination, still get the company to pay you severance. So you can't make the company change their mind. There's no employment law police that's going to come in there mm -hmm. and say, yeah. You know, you're, you're prevented from doing that employer, but you absolutely can get severance if the job change, if the what the employer is doing is a, is a big deal, if it impacts you in a significant way. I want to bounce over and grab a phone call as we continue here. Bill, thanks for taking the time and standing by for a moment there, pal. What's uh, what's up with you today? Yeah, I just uh, had a quick question about uh, um, I've, I've worked at the same place for the past uh, nine years, and uh, I, I, I get a company demonstrator. Uh, vehicle. Hmm. Now, initially, they had recruited me to work there nine years ago, and they did not have demonstrators, so they actually agreed to give me one and put it in my contract. Truth is, I've had one for 40 years everywhere I worked. Uh, new GM came in, and he decided to take this away from me, and he hmm. said he could change anything anytime, even though I have a signed, we'll call it a contract. Hello? Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, and I'm just wondering is, uh, you know, a uh, uh, can that be done? Is that, is he, you know, I feel like he's trying to fire me, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. 
Well, if he wants to fire, he can, right? He'd have to pay you severance, but he can do that. That this would not be a, a way to let you go without severance. The real question is, is the taking away of the vehicle, can that rise to the level of constructive dismissal? And I'm going to say, yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big perk. It's a big term of employment, an important one to have essentially a free vehicle paid for by the company. So one of the options you may have here is to say, by doing this, by taking away this, this uh, vehicle that I had, you've constructively dismissed me. Now I can get my severance. And, you know, you've been there for nine years, depending on your age and the, sp and, and the type of job that you do, you could be looking anywhere from eight to 12 months of severance. So, so th those are the entitlements that you have here. Now, of course, if you had an employment agreement that says you're going to get a vehicle, I want to see what it says. For example, if it says we're going to give you a vehicle, but we have the right to take it away, well, then they can do it. If it doesn't say that, mm -hmm. then they don't have a right to take it away. But I'll tell you probably the easiest way to resolve this in this situation is to have your employer get a letter from me. Once they get a letter from me, they'll probably back off on this and, and you can just continue working with your vehicle. But another okay. option is to pursue this as a constructive dismissal. Okay. Uh, and how would I go about getting a letter from you? What would I need to do? Just Call me at the office. We'll schedule a consultation. We'll get into the details and, and we'll uh, go from there. But we do that all the time. It's, it's what we do. So I look forward to connecting with you off air. Okay. And um, okay. Fantastic. Uh, I'll definitely give you a call. Yep. We'll take care of you, Bill. No problem. No problem. Got to just got to let you go. I got to run into a break here, Bill. But again, that number anytime, which I know you're going to use now, right? 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900, Bill. And to discuss things further on email, which is always an option for you, that is help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Still lots to go here. I got uh, Gallio waiting on the line. We'll get to you and your phone calls as well as we continue to, uh, to fill up our lines here. So don't be bashful. Feel free to call in just like that. Get some answers. It's 416-872-1010. Again, 416-872-1010. And we'll continue our discussion with, uh, you know, my employer is allowed to actually do this. Is it legal for them to do this? We'll get to more of those talking points and possibly some emails a little later on the show so stick around lots more to go here on the employment law show coming right back all righty back at it 134 sunday afternoon thank you so much for joining us and tuning in for the hour you will catch us doing this every sunday at this time and then wednesday night 9 30 on cp24 you'll catch ask a lawyer with Lior and myself maybe a couple other crew members as well when Lior's uh, busy being a lawyer someone else fills in but that's also a half hour of great information and an opportunity for you anytime to send along your emails they may appear on that show as well as we continue our discussion with your uh, your your employer can do this legally we'll uh, get down into a few more of those questions Lior but always the calls are the priority love our listeners love them taking the time to call in 416-872-1010 to do so Galia thank you for hanging in how are you this afternoon Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. My question is the following. Suppose sure. I'm laid off next week uh, with a one-year severance package. So the profit sharing is coming in April. Am I eligible to get the profit sharing even hmm. if I'm not an employer anymore? Great question. The answer generally is yes, of course. That's assuming you have not signed off on a severance package already that excludes that. But if you're let go tomorrow and you're owed severance that takes you beyond that April date, then yes, you would be getting that profit sharing. The idea is you should be getting everything you would have gotten had you continued working. Uh, so that's why it's so, so important if you are let go to get that advice. 
Because, yeah, profit sharing, bonuses, benefits, commissions, all those things have to be part of your severance package. Okay, thank you very much. Bye. Thanks. Thanks, Guy. I appreciate that. Any more information you need, you can always reach out to Lior, 1-855-821-5900. Important point you kind of made there, Lior. So if your severance is good for 12 months, everything that's going to happen in the next 12 months that affects your paycheck should be included, your benefits, like you said, car allowance, all that stuff, because that's the duration of it, right? Well, you always ask yourself, you know, if I would have worked for the next 12 months, we're just using 12 months as an example. If I would have worked for 12 months, would I have received X? Well, if the answer is yes, I would have received then you have to get it as part of your severance. Keep in mind, though, the chances are when you're let go, whatever the severance is that the company offered you is not going to include all those things. Yeah, they're not going to forget about your salary, but they may well and likely will forget about benefits properly to deal with it properly and bonuses and stock options, etc. That's why we have to get involved and make sure that you not just get paid for the right period of time, but you get everything included during that period of time. I can still offering all kinds of time for you to call in on our numerous phone lines here at the station. 416-872-1010 is how you do that. Tom, you're up next, pal. Go ahead. What's your question? Hey, Tom. We still got Tom? Tom's still there? No? Okay, we'll see if we can get Tom back on the line. In the meantime, Leo, let's get back to a few more questions. Can my employer do this legally? Can they put me on a PIP, performance improvement plan, anytime they want? What do you think? Well, generally speaking, for for a performance improvement plan to be legitimate, well, well, it has to be legitimate. There has to be a good faith reason for it. Hmm. So if there's a reason why you'd be put on on a performance improvement plan, maybe your performance was lacking, maybe you weren't keeping up with others and the company wants to help you get there, then that's legitimate and that's fine. And it's certainly a way for a company to try to get employees to improve their performance. Nothing wrong with that. Where it gets to be a problem is if it's not justified, if it's just used as a means to try to get someone to resign or to build a case against them to to let them go, then it's not legitimate. So always ask yourself, if you're put on a performance improvement plan, do I agree with it? Is it is it right? Is there a basis for it? If there is, you know, work hard, do your best and, and things will be just fine, I'm sure. But if you don't agree with it, if you think it's not legitimate, someone had it in for you, uh, they're already you're hoping that you'll resign, Well, I want you to tell them exactly, to send an email back saying why you don't agree with that performance improvement plan. Employer, you said that I didn't do a good job on these projects. Well, here's what actually happened with these projects, or here's why my performance was good in comparison to others. Make sure that you put that in writing. By doing that, you're protecting yourself. By doing that, you're going to make it very difficult for the company to let you go. And frankly, putting you on a performance improvement plan that's clearly and obviously not legitimate that in and of itself could potentially be a constructive dismissal. So keep that in mind. If you're not sure about what to do, if you're not sure if that performance improvement plan is legitimate, always give me a call. And more phone calls here and now, 416-872-1010. Paul, I think I got you this time. I figured I either had the wrong name or you were trapped under something heavy, but you're here now. How are you, pal? Hi, good. How are you? Good. What's your question? Okay, I'm 66 years old. I've worked for five Point three five years, three months with a placement agency that placed me with one client for the whole time. In July, they gave me two weeks notice, and that was it. So I'm, I thought I should have really been an employee. They forced me to become a, a, a company, like a contractor. And so they, 
to get the job, I had to become self-employed, and then they contracted me out. So they, knowing this, once they let me go kind of thing, they didn't give me any notice. It was just the client that gave me notice. Anyways, they, I went to the CRA and got a ruling that uh, to see if I was an employee or a contractor, and they ruled that I was not an employee, but that I was eligible for EI and I was CPP pensionable, which, of course, they never gave me any, you know, um, T4, and they never paid for those things. So now what happens? Can I go after them for severance? And so... Uh for the five years or so that you work for them, uh, for that company, I'm talking about the company that you were placed with, were you working exclusively for them? And was it full-time regular hours? Yes, full-time regular hours. And the CRA or the the CRA ruling stated that I was an employee. You know, they went through all those cases that say, were you under their control? You know, yeah. I only had one client, all those things. And they agreed that I was really an employee or an independent contractor but not a dependent con or a dependent contractor not an independent contractor so, so i can tell you that for severance purposes you were an employee you, you yes. do not work full-time exclusively for a company for five years without being their employee so that means several things Number one, it means you're owed severance. And after five years, again, you're 66, but depending on the position you were doing, it could be anywhere from six to 12 months of severance that they could owe you here. So right off the bat. And yes, because they should have paid into EI and, and CPP, there's consequences for not doing that. So they should qualify for, for EI. So yeah, it, it seems to me clearly like a situation or a case of misclassification. So what I want you to do, uh, Paul, I want you to reach out to me off air and let's connect and let's get into some more details here. Uh, and let me help you get the compensation that you're owed. I would absolutely not walk away from this. Right. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Paul. On Monday. <laughs> awesome. Sounds great. Thanks, pal. That number again, one 821 5900 Moving on down the line. Loving this. Thank you so much for taking the time. Matthew, you're up next, pal. How can we help you? Oh, hi, hi guys. I, I really enjoy this <laughs> this show. I think it helps thank a, you. a lot of people. Sure does. You I, bet. I was just uh, saying to your screener, is, uh, maybe there's some clarification on the performance approval plan if you're uh, an employee. Because when I've, when, in the past, when I've been a supervisor and we come up with performance improvement plans, it's generally because we're accepting that we may want to let this person go like that is that is the assumed outcome uh occasionally it doesn't happen that way but generally if you're getting one of those the company's looking to fire you in probably over 90 percent of the cases so i agree with you that that's a step towards the company letting the employee go but the reality is that a performance improvement plan to for it to actually be legitimate has to outline what the employee needs in order not to be let go in order to be successful and it also needs to outline how the company is going to support them in achieving those goals hmm. if it doesn't do that it's frankly a waste of time and it doesn't help the company in any way but i want you to make to, to understand another point so let's assume that you put someone on a performance improvement plan and they don't meet the targets and you decide to let them go that does not mean 
necessarily at all that you can let them go for cause. That may still oh, mean you oh, have to pay them the not. full severance. Absolutely not. I, I completely understood. Performance improvement plan isn't to uh, to set the case to let some go with cause. It's it's just to mitigate any additional claims that you weren't fair to them. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm of two minds of that. First of all, the reality is if you pay severance, there's not, no claim that you're unfair. You could just do that because you say, you know what? We decided today is Wednesday, so we're going to let you go uh, without cause and pay you severance. So it's not really something an employer needs to worry about. But what I've seen, I can tell you in 21 years of doing this, many employers try to rely on a performance improvement plan to terminate for cause, which they cannot do. But as long as it's done in good faith and an employer understands what can happen if the employee doesn't meet the targets, yeah, there's no reason why an employer cannot use it effectively. Well, I guess that's why you're good for your customers, because uh, just because my experience is that they were done in good faith, but also in documentation doesn't mean that's always the case. So anyways, that's interesting. Thank you for your commentary. I appreciate the call, Matthew, and we'll let you go there, and we'll take a short break here, get back into more. we got open lines, do like Matt did and do like everybody did before. Give us a call, and let's talk, 416-872-1010, and we continue more of the Employment Law Show. Stand by. That guy is exactly right. It is Employment Law and has been for almost a complete hour. We love doing this show with you every Sunday here at 1 o'clock, and make sure you catch us on CP24. Wednesday night, 9.30 for Ask a Lawyer. We get tons of people catching that show. And again, another opportunity for you to learn all about your workplace rights absolutely free. Another place to do that is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Lior brilliantly built this website a few years ago, and it will give you access to a lot of the things we chat about here on the show, answer a lot of questions anonymously. You don't even have to know anybody was there. Shut down the browser when you're done. Plus, you'll have uh, unfettered access to the severance calculator, which I will tell you millions of Canadians have taken that sucker out for a spin and realized, whoa, I'm getting massively shortchanged here. Yes, you are. And there's also contact on pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well to follow up with Lior and his team and get what you are properly owed. But again, phone calls here and now, 416-872-1010. Still lots of time to go, so so bring them on. In the meantime, Lior, we have been talking about things, you know, if your employer's doing, are they even legal? And you get this one all the time, and this this this, this sticks in people's craw because, you know, they, they've, they, they work with someone who may be of similar experience similar time they've been with the company, similar job, and they say, wait a minute, they're paying me more than I'm getting. Can my employer pay me less, Lior? I do get that actually fairly often. And, you know, one can imagine that if you find out that your colleague uh, across the hall that's doing the same job gets paid more, you'd be upset. And I would be upset and makes a lot of sense. The real question is, is it legal? And in most cases, yeah, it actually is legal. As long as that decision to pay someone more is not based on a discriminatory reason. So certainly an employer could never say, I'm going to pay men more than women. Absolutely not. Can that say, I'm going to pay younger people more or differently than older people? And so I think you get the idea. As long as it's not discrimination, then even though it's not necessarily fair, an employer can do that. An employer may say, you know, what? when I hired Bob, I really needed someone. So I offered Bob more money than I'm, pl- than I'm paying Joe that's been with you for five years. Mm-hmm. That's not a nice way to treat Joe at all. But it's also not illegal. Uh, I have had many cases where it's obvious that an employer, for example, was underpaying women. That's a human rights violation. Illegal. Can't do that. Uh, so definitely, definitely something that an employer should be very weary of. But beyond discrimination, yeah, an employer can pay different people to do the same job, pay them differently. 
Let's get to a call. Vanessa, thank you for taking the time. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm calling because I'm worried about a friend of mine. She's okay. been, she worked for a company for three years as a personal uh, caregiver, but she developed hand pain, a hand pain in the course of it, and she had to stop because she needed surgery in, in the hand. She, she did surgery in both hands. She's been out of work since last year. Those hands are still paining her. She can't get back to work because she has not fully recovered. People are helping her. But she's not getting paid. Nothing is said to her. The company is forcing her to write letter of resignation. But I told her not to, you know. And the company is not paying her anything. They're not keeping to work for them for three years. So the company is not required to pay her if she doesn't work. She can get paid from EI. If she, if through her employer she had a disability plan, then she can apply for those benefits. If it was a workplace type of an injury or condition, she can mm-hmm. apply for uh, workers' compensation benefits, WSIB benefits. Uh, so there's no definition. What's that? She, I didn't hear you. What's that, Vanessa? Yeah, she, didn't, she said WSIB. They only paid her for two months or so. They stopped. And she's still, you know, they paid her even before the surgery. So after the surgery, the hands are not back to normal. And, you know, nobody's, we just, every one of us is Right. So, so she may need to deal with WSIB and, and appeal that decision, decision so she can get paid more. If she wants to contact me, I have the name of a very good person that I work with that okay. deals with WSIB issues. Uh, but, and again, if there's a disability plan to work, that may be an option. But an, an employer is not required to pay an employee any money if that employee is not working. Now, she should not do her letter of resignation, not at all. No. At some point, if she gets better and she wants to go back to work, she has a right to do that. If they don't take her back, she's going to be owed compensation then. So absolutely not resign. But payment while you're not working, that's not from your employer. That's disability benefits, EI, or WSIB. Those are the only options that's available to get paid when you're not working. Appreciate the call, Vanessa. Thank you very much. Again, you want to follow up with any more information to go down that route, uh, you can do so. Call Lior or one of his team, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for you as well, feel free to call us. you still got lots of time here to get on air. A few minutes anyway, right? 416-872-1010. All right, Lior, back to our main topic. And we're talking about things that your lawyer cannot necessarily do that are legal. And, you know, we just talked about, you know, can my employer pay me less than other employees? The one, the follow-up question we always get on air and otherwise when we talk about this is, hey, Lior, you know, I was hired nine years ago. I haven't had a raise since then. Can they legally not give me a raise? I'm still making the same scratch. So we're talking, of course, about non-unionized employees. Mm-hmm. And with non-unionized employees, an employer generally is not required to provide a pay raise. Now, listen, I had to work for nine years or a few years and not get a pay raise. It's not right on many levels. It's not fair. Uh, it's not something an employer should do. But it's also not illegal. Uh, an employer generally, from a legal standpoint, must pay you what was agreed to be paid. If they agree to pay you 45000 whatever it is, they have to pay you that. They don't have to provide a pay raise. Now, a good piece of advice is talk to your employer. Make sure they, you, know, you understand that you think it's fair and that you know, life certainly has gotten more expensive over the past few years. So just to kind of keep up with life, to get some sort of a pay raise makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of employers are going to be open-minded and, and want to be fair to their employees. So always a good way to approach your employer like, like that. But again, from a legal standpoint, an employer does not have to provide a pay raise unless, of course, in your employment agreement, there was a term about a raise. Beyond that, it is up to your employer. Lior, if I can't work and I have a doctor's note, can my employer, can my employer now ask me to get a second opinion? 
very common question. I gave my doctor's note, the employer's like, yeah, this doesn't really seem right. So we want you to get a second opinion. We'll hire someone to give us independently a second opinion. No, cannot do that. An employer cannot require an employee in 99% of the cases to get a second opinion. An employer cannot question the doctor's note that you got from your doctor. Your employer should always follow what your doctor says. Now, even in a situation where maybe your doctor's note was not very clear, it's absolutely fine for your employer to ask for clarification. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you tell me what this means? Or can you tell me when you expect this person to be back to work? Can you tell me if there's any accommodation that could be given? Legitimate questions, and an employee should get those answers from the doctor. But an employer cannot say, we don't like this, go see another doctor. You can say no to that. You should say no to that. And an employer cannot penalize you for refusing to do that. Always love the topic of overtime. This one's come up on our questions too now. Lior says, can my employer make me, make me work overtime hours? Now, in most cases, the answer is no, unless you sign an employment agreement that right. says that, that you're going to agree to work overtime if you're, if you're asked to. In most cases, no, you cannot be forced to work overtime. You can only be required to work the hours that you've agreed to. Keep in mind, though, that said, that an employer can say, you know what, I'm going to let you go because you're not a team player. They would have to pay you severance. Because remember, an employer can let you go pretty much at any time as long as they pay you severance. So they would have to do that. But they, can, they can't they can force you. They can't penalize you. They can't say, we're going to let you go for cause. Or we're going to demote you. Or we're going to withhold your pay because you're not working overtime. So always have that discussion with your employer. Maybe agree to something that's more reasonable. Uh, but if you're disciplined for not working overtime, you definitely have to give me a call. How about this last one, last 30 seconds? This one's pretty basic, though. Can my employer punish me, reprisal for complaining about workplace harassment? Wow. No, you're always protected for raising harassment issues. You're always protected for talking to your employer, demanding that they deal with workplace harassment. Your employer has to investigate it, take it seriously, rectify it. And the last thing they can do is to penalize you, never legal. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. We love having you on the show every week. Continue to send those emails along, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Reach out to Lior. 1-855-821-5900 and pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Use it. We'll talk to you next week right here on the Employment Law Show.